we're uh, transitioning to God's, God's Word here this morning and worshiping through that. Uh, as I mentioned to you guys earlier, we're walking through, finishing up today, uh, the sermon series on Who is Grace? A uh, little flyover here of the vision and values of Grace Community Church here. As, uh, as Dan mentioned, uh, next week we're going to have one of our missionaries uh, from... Asia, uh, Jason Erno, and he's going to be bringing the word. He's going to be preaching for us next week. Really excited about that. And then uh, in, a, in, in three weeks, we've got Ryan Gerbrandt from Cameroon, who's also going to be sharing the word as well. And it's always really good to hear from uh, these men and women on the front lines of ministry halfway around the world. And so I look forward to that. I'll be kicking off a new sermon series in the book of Jonah. We're going to talk about fish stories here. Going through October and into uh, into November here, so uh, uh, look forward to that upcoming sermon series. So as we're talking about who is grace, we talked about our biblical bullseye. We don't just pull out of a hat or, or or just good ideas or good vibes. You know what do we what do we want to be about and who are we about? And uh, we're led by the Word of God. We're led by Jesus Christ. And and our vision here at Grace is knowing Christ, becoming like Him. And making him known. We're all about Jesus Christ. We're about being his disciples, following him, and making disciples of Jesus Christ. Last week we shared that uh, uh, there's, there's core values that we have in addition to this biblical bullseye that guides us. That this is our aim. And, and these core values that we have are like guardrails on a, uh, on a mountain road that help us stay on the path towards God's vision for us and the path of knowing Christ and becoming like him. Last week, we talked about loving God, God's word, and authentic community. And today, we're going to be unpacking uh, the values of spiritual maturity, life worship, and intentional growth. I'm going to be using uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 14. It's kind of, kind of the backbone of today's message. So if you have a Bible or Bible app, you can go ahead and turn there to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, verses 11 through 14, and, and we'll be walking through that here as we, uh, as we unpack today's message. Bear with me, I'm going to ask for some grace here this morning. Uh, these messages were each individual sermons, so I'm taking three sermons and cramming them into one. So we should be here till noon. Uh, so hold on, all right? Maybe, maybe less, maybe less. All right, uh, let's, let's go to uh, God's Word here. Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 through 14 here. And he himself, being Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. Let's pray as we receive God's word. Lord, we come to you at this point because we we need your, your Holy Spirit to fill us. Lord, as we come tired, distracted, discouraged, we've got a lot of other things going on, Lord Jesus, and the enemy would love to steal your word this morning. And keep us from being encouraged, from growing, from knowing you, Jesus. So we just, we just need a special work of your Holy Spirit uh, to not just keep us engaged, but God, that we might be transformed. 
uh, your word isn't just uh, uh, information. This is your letter to us. This is relational communication to change our lives. And, and, and we, need, we want that. We want you, Jesus. We want to encounter you. And we want you to change us, Lord. And, and I need you, Holy Spirit. In my weak moment here, in all my weakness and brokenness and sinfulness, Jesus, I need you to speak through me your word, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, in that passage that we just read here in the book of Ephesians, Paul is explaining the church and how it's organized and its purpose and function. What are the outcomes that are supposed to happen? God gives leaders as part of the church. We all have different giftings, and some of us are gifted with certain leadership skills and, 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 and skill sets. Um, and all of these different leadership roles serve the function to help the whole body, the whole body, mature. I don't know if you caught that in the verses there. But the leaders equip the saints to do the work of ministry, and we build up together, we build each other up in order to grow into maturity, into becoming like Jesus. So here at Grace Community Church, we value spiritual maturity. We seek to grow into spiritual adults through God's word, authentic community, and dependence on the Holy Spirit. I think the Cheez-It Company expresses it well. Go ahead, Ron. At Cheez-It, we expect a lot from our cheese. Why did the cook get arrested? I don't know. He was caught beating an egg. (laughs) A cheesemonger, a dairy farmer, and a duck walk into this... Wait a minute. Have you heard this one? Nice tie, sir. Is that a Windsor knot? We take the time for our cheese to mature before we bake it into every delicious cracker. Because at Cheez-It, real cheese matters. Okay, so I know you're not cheese, but I mean, we at Grace Community Church wait for our cheese to mature. Uh, we're all about seeing Christ formed in each other. And, and God's word breaks it down that there's this process that happens. God's word uses even developmental language. If you heard there, it talked about children no longer being children tossed to and fro by the waves uh, of, of different teaching and, and, and voices and influences in life. It's not bad that we are spiritual children. Uh, the idea is that we want to grow. Like We talked about this years old and wear diapers, but it's another thing to wear diapers when you're 20, right? That's not, it's not ideal. Or, or to be using a pacifier. Uh, th- those are things we should grow out of. There's a process of development. It's not, a, it's not a problem to be in the growth process, but when we get stuck, that's a concern. And that's oftentimes what happens uh, in our lives is we get stuck. And we get stuck in self-centeredness, in sinfulness, in a self-focused life. But part of the church and part of the ministries of the church is we gather together. We're to see each other grow and mature and to work together to that. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews catches when this goes wrong, the reality of what really happens uh, in many churches today. Check this out. In Hebrews chapter 5, he says this. We have a great deal to say about this going into the depths of, of, of who Jesus is and what he accomplished and how he's our high priest. And, and, and he wants to go into depth about this. And he says, but it's difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. 
although by this time you ought to be teachers, you needed someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. What's happening in this church 2,000 years ago still happens today. We see that the arrested development of these believers where they're still sucking on the bottle when they should be having a T-bone steak. All right? What happened here is in the, their self-survival and the persecution and pressures of their situations in life and just surviving, they became self-focused and they sought to preserve their comfort and as a result became lazy. They still relied on others. Teach me. Teach me. If you remember the little shop of horrors, the, 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 the plant there, feed me, Seymour. Feed me. Like we just, when we're, when we're self-focused, when we're spiritual infants, we're dependent We don't feed ourselves. We rely on others to feed us. But they, in their walk with Christ, they should be at a place where they should be teaching others. If we're being a healthy church together, we grow in becoming like Christ and becoming mature. That's a process that we go through. Talked about infancy and, and child, spiritual childhood. And, and, and the goal is to become spiritual parents where, where we are leading others to Jesus Christ. Now, again, we're all on a journey. We're all at different places. The point is we want to grow. Healthy things grow. In addition, what does maturity look like when we grow? It involves having the mind of Christ having the heart of Christ and living the life of Christ. We see in these, uh, in these believers, there was supposed to be a, a kind of uh, a thinking that they should have, a, a belief system that they should have in terms of rooting themselves deeper and deeper into who they are and who is Jesus Christ and who is God himself. The Paul or, or the, the writer of Hebrews wanted to take them deeper, but he couldn't. When we grow, we... we in Jesus Christ, our beliefs should grow beyond Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It's not that that's bad, but there's more. The, 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 the riches of who God is and, 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 and what he's accomplished for us. God wants to reveal his very self to you. And remember, this is the God who is infinite, the creator of all things. As we grow, we should be able to move beyond the basics of of God's love for us to the depth of how did God accomplish our salvation? The depth of of being able to trust and know, is this God's word, the truth? And can we believe it to God's sovereignty and human responsibility? How do we make sense of evil and suffering in this life? We want to be able to going on to deeper things, especially to being able to discern between good and evil. One of the big problems, and it's especially prevalent today as it was back then, is that when we stay stuck in spiritual childhood or infancy, then we're easily pulled along by any competing and powerful voice. Voices that make really strong emotional claims, but lack absolute truth. We're, We're in that season right now. 
We, we need to be able to just our own individual, not deceived by lies in the world. Lies that, that, that affect not only just our own individual lives and our personal health, but then it's society as a whole. The mind of Christ. We, we're also to grow in having the heart of Christ. Loving what he loves, hating what he hates. Living for the glory of Jesus. Living for the glory of God the Father, excuse me. You see, the, 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 the believers in, in, in that the author of Hebrews was addressing, they had retreated to themselves. Spiritual infants are focused on themselves. What am I getting or what am I not getting? What are people doing for me or what are they not doing for me? Spiritual infants are more self-focused, whereas spiritual adults, when we're in maturity, we are Christ-centered. We are God-focused. We're willing to even suffer for Christ, just to become like him and know him more. Just to honor the Father, we will go through great sacrifices. The heart of Jesus. And then the life of Jesus, the hands of Jesus. As, as the author explained, you should be teachers. There's a certain growing of, of, in our skill set where we're, where, where we're others oriented, but we're using our gifts. They're being developed in order to serve others. It's uh, been neat over the last several years um, to see, be able to walk alongside Jake Walker. Many of you know Jake. And it's been a beautiful story to see Jake go from a place of self-centeredness. As he, we and I first began meeting at Phileos, and he was like, I don't know about this Jesus thing and whether I want to come through the doors of a church, and it all seems boring to me. Um, some of you heard his testimony here this summer as as he shared, and him going from this place and walking through, going through these, these, the, the, the different stages of growth, and, 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 and now he's a, he's a disciple maker himself. And he's investing in the lives of others. He's pouring into our youth and other people. It's beautiful to see. There are other stories like that here in Grace Community Church. And that's what God is doing here, is, is, is a part of our ministry is seeing lives change. Growing in Christ. And if we get stuck, and some of you are in that place. You're in a place where you are stuck. You're just getting by and you're just surviving. It's okay. We're going to love you until you're uncomfortable. We're going to love you towards Jesus Christ. That's what we do. I get comfortable. I get lazy. I need accountability. This is something we do together. As we encourage each other in moving forward and pursuing Christ together. We value spiritual maturity. In addition to spiritual maturity, we value life worship. We glorify God and depend on him each day as we serve him with our time, talent, and treasures. All right, I need a couple kiddos to help me out with a little object lesson here. So I need, I need a couple, couple helpers. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Voila! It's what was there. Or something like that. All right, so anybody... I can pull this out here. Anybody know what this is? What is it? It is food coloring. Isn't it magical? No, it just dips it in. Okay, throw me a bone. All right, help me out. Okay? I mean... Oh, you want to do green? Okay, well, I wanted to do red. And do green and... Okay, I'll compromise. 
I'll compromise. We'll do, do green. All of them. Do all No, we're not. We're definitely not doing all of them. No, we're not. Okay. All right. Okay. So, how about uh, Eli, can you put in some green and then and then I'll have Kara, will you put in some red? All right. And so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you guys think is going to happen? It's going to change colors. It's going to what? Oh, it might turn orange. Yeah, it might turn brown. It might kind of turn a little yucky, but that's okay. You guys wanted it, so it's all your choice anyway. So, okay, so, all right. So do you think it's going to, like, is it going to, like, stay in one spot and, like, just, like, swirl around? No. What do you think? Uh, well, nobody's going to drink it. How about that? Okay. All right. Okay, let's go. All right, you guys put some drops in there. Ready? Here we go. All right. Ooh, oh, my goodness. Okay, that's good. That's fantastic. Amazing. You guys are great. You're great. Nope, nope, nope. We're just going to watch it. So I want you guys to go back to your seats, and I want you to watch and see what happens. All right? You guys watch it. It'll be interesting to see what happens here to the water. By the way, thank you for your help, kiddos. That was awesome. Romans 12.1 says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... In the view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. All right. So uh, if, if you thought we were weird, we are, it's going to get weirder. We are all about human sacrifice. So we just, it's, that's the next service. No, not, I'm joking. That's not what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This, this verse is such a pagnum opus of truth of how Jesus, how God has saved you and I and all that went into our salvation. It's incredible. And he's saying in view of all that God has done, our response, our natural response can't help but be worship. And he uses the, the, the language here of, of our bodies to, to indicate it is our entire lives. Not, not, just, not just what we want to give to Jesus. Not, not just, not just uh, on, on certain days of the week for Jesus. It's, he's saying everything. I want it to come out of you. Worship and response. I want my mercy and my love. I, I want your freedom. I want it to touch every part of your life. Worship isn't work. Amen? Religion makes worship work. I've got to do this in order to make sure things are right with God. No, 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 no. Friends, friends, that's, that's jacked up. That's absolute trash. That strangles and kills us. No, worship is a response to already being made right because of Jesus, being already loved because of Jesus, being already full because of Jesus. Worship is a response of having everything already in Jesus. It's not work. It's like being a slingshot. You were already shot out. All the work's done for us. We're responding. We're responding to God's ridiculous kindness at expense to Jesus. Worship is freely given, self-offering. 
comes out of being satisfied in God. Check out this quote here from Douglas Moo. Go to the next slide. We experience God's mercy as a power that exerts a total and all-encompassing claim on us. Grace now reigns over us. It is therefore entirely fitting that our response is to be one that is equally, total, and all-encompassing. The presentation of our entire persons as a sacrifice to God. Kiddos, what do you notice about the water? What's... What is it? Go ahead and shout it out. It's totally orange. Completely. The food coloring permeated all of the water, right? Wow, we're getting technical. Madeline, you're an artist. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Drawing, drawing about Jesus and for Jesus. Hallelujah. The work of Jesus is to permeate all of our lives. Can you imagine, uh, many of you bought a home or sold a home. Can you imagine uh, uh, having bought a new home and you come in and you move in and there are certain closets and rooms that say, uh, not yours, occupied, it's got some tape over it, like that you can't use that space because the previous owner is still using that space. Can you imagine that happening? Like you walk in and that closet's already full and, and you know, maybe they got their cameras in there to say they shoo you out or whatever. Like, no, that makes no sense. It's absolutely absurd. Like you bought the home, the home's yours, right? Every part of it, every nook and cranny, every closet, everything. Do you know that when, when, when you've received the work of Jesus for you, he's purchased you with his blood. He purchased you out of hell to save you, to be in an eternal, loving relationship with himself. He's purchased you. He wants all of you. He wants all of you to be free. This isn't a threat. He's not taking good things from us. He's giving us the best. He's giving us himself. And he wants all of our life to be an expression, a response of worship. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says this. So whether you eat or drink or whether, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Can you imagine this? Everything. Even when you eat. You know, many of us, you pray and you say, Lord, thank you for this food. Do any of you do that? Yeah, we do that. that, that that's worship. We're like, thank you, Lord. That's worship. You know, you're not just like singing songs while you got food in your mouth. That's not what it's talking about. You know, it's disgusting. Don't do it. All right? No, it's... In every aspect of our lives, there's a sense of gratefulness, gratitude. There's a sense of, I want to do this in honor of you. Think of your work. Your work is worship. You're going to hear these things. As we walk through life together, we're going to, we're going to walk through and, and apply and see that Jesus and his life and, and, and worship of him permeates all of our lives. It's going to be part of our, our sermon. It's part of trainings that we do. Because we want all aspects, we want to experience that freedom and joy in Jesus. Our work is worship. Relationships are worship. Whether it's marriage, whether it's parenting, whether it's friendships. Relationships with our parents. Our private thought life. Our guy time or ladies time. Managing our 
our finances, our play, our hobbies. Our, the, the reason why I'm breaking this down is because we have a tendency to compartmentalize our lives. Right? We're, we're two different people. We go into certain contexts and all of a sudden we're a different person. We're no longer, we're no longer a follower of Jesus Christ. Some of you, that happens right as you leave the church. Some of you, it happens when you get to work. Some of you, it happens when you're with the guys or the gals. It, or with your family. Family is some of the hardest places to follow Jesus, right? They are messed up. Everybody else is. Not, not you, though. You're good. You guys are great, but not, they are, whoa, prayer. Prayers for your family. No. We have the ten- ten- tendency to compartmentalize and, and cut things off, the flow of Jesus into our lives. He wants to invade everything. And so we're going to speak about that. We're going to, we're going to walk through that. We're going to talk through that. Where is, where is Jesus? Where is he knocking on the door where you said, do not enter? Where does that happen in your life? Where does he want to free? What does he want to touch? Release and bring his, his joy and his power, his life. How about with your pain and your brokenness? That's an area that is really uncomfortable. I think of Brian Lund right now. He's going on now. He, he got moved from the hospital swing bed to the nursing home, which isn't much better. And now it's 10 weeks going on here that he's been out of the home. And you heard several weeks ago, those of you who were here, he, he said, I asked him, like, what do you want to tell the church? He first off said, I, I miss you so much. He, Brian wants to be here so bad. Many of you may not even know who Brian is, but you will. You will. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. And he said, tell them. And he had, he was having a really rough day because his progress had gone backwards and he was seeing no hope. And in the midst of this day, there were tears. And he said, tell them, God is good all the time. That's what I want them to know. Brian and Linda, as they're praying through this time, and there are tears, and there is fighting and kicking and screaming. It is not how they want it to be. It's authentic. It's raw and real. But they want Jesus to be honored with their suffering, with their brokenness. There are many testimonies of that, even here this morning. Life worship. Jesus wants to permeate, just like this water, every aspect of our lives for our good. We value life worship to see Christ honored in all aspects of our lives. Finally, we value intentional growth. We equip the body to serve to multiply new believers, and to share Christ's love in our communities. We have so many amazing testimonies of you all living out Christ in your different mission fields at home and at work and, and, and sharing the gospel. It's so cool. I, I wish we could just take a time. Maybe we'll it'll just take some Sunday just to hear those testimonies of how God is speaking through many of you in your workplaces, for example, of sharing the gospel. The growth of the kingdom doesn't just happen arbitrarily. We're in the midst of harvest. Farmers out there, quick check in. With your harvest, 
Did the beans and the corn, did they just get planted on their own? Or did, did you have to do something about that? Real quick. No, no, you planted. You plant. They got planted on their own? Magical beans, huh? No, no, you, plant, you planted, right? Right? And, you know, a lot of people don't think farmers do much, you know, right? You guys are pretty lazy people, you farmers out there, right? Because you don't have to do much because it just grows, you know? You go out there and, hey, all that fruit's there, and then it just ends up in your bins, and you don't do much work, right? Heck no. No. There's a whole bunch of work that goes in there and, and, and in terms of the, 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 the tilling of the soil, the, the fertilizer, the, the planting, and then the, and the harvesting. And then there's the stress of the three or four months between planting and harvest of like, God, don't hail on my corn, please. You know, uh, there's a whole bunch of work that goes into the fruitfulness of our farmers. They're hard. Let's be clear. Farmers are hard workers. Let's thank our farmers, please. Okay. Thank you. It's the same thing with the gospel. Jesus likens the gospel to harvest work, to farming. A lot of the metaphors that he uses. Seeds must be planted. It must be watered. There must be harvesters to do the work. Romans 10 says this. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek or any other ethnic group is that term. For though the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. It is our role. As you heard earlier, the, the, the leadership, the organization of the church exists to equip the saints. Who's the saints? You're the saints. All right? You are. You, you don't have to do miracles, be verified by the Pope or anything like that. No. You're all saints. Jesus is in you. You're made holy. You're a saint. We're to equip you to do the work of ministry. That's really interesting. It doesn't say that the apostles, the teachers, the pastors, that they do the work of ministry, but the members do the work of ministry. We're all part of this mission. None of us is useless. None of us are just mere just uh, uh, consumers and, uh, and, and just sitting off on the side. None of like you're all necessary. The kingdom will not grow without you. Part of our ministry at Grace here is to intentionally equip, to prepare you, and to send you out every Sunday. Do you remember how I close? As you go into the mission field, you're sent. Every single one of us. And you may not think, you, oh, you've got a story, you've got much to share. It's not about, about, about how, how great your life is and how you got it together. It's about Jesus and how he's got it together and how he's got you. I love this quote, inspiring quote by Charles Spurgeon. To motivate us as we're all part of sharing the gospels. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish... Let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. And if hell must be filled, let it be filled with the teeth of our exertions and let none go, no one go, unwarned 
or unprayed for. One practical thing I like to encourage as we consider we're all missionaries. Like the stewards. Some may go all the way around the world. Most of us, we're just going to go across the street, across the hall, down to visit our family. That's our mission field. Sometimes it gets overwhelming, but prayer is powerful. I want to encourage you. One of the things that I learned in college through a campus ministry that stuck with me, and it's really effective. It's very simple. It's called Pray for Three. Identifying three people in your sphere of influence. God has strategically put you around people, whether it's at work, in your family, in your neighborhood, wherever it may be. God has strategically put you around people, non-believers. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, 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 a part of your routine where you go shopping or where, where you get your car fixed. Uh, uh, it's people that are in your cattle path that God has strategically put there who don't know him yet. Pray for three. Write their names down. Commit to praying over them. You know, we are more likely to be prepared for the Spirit to work through us when we are praying for the work of the Lord through us. We're likely to be more uh, aware of the opportunities in conversations when we're praying. Don't underestimate the power of prayer and what God will be doing in that person's heart. Pray for three. All of us are sent. All of us. But, but, but people won't be sent if there are not leaders to send them. One of the things that's a big gap in churches, and it's a necessary part of intentional growth, is that we must be active in leadership development. Leaders don't magically just appear, just like the, the corn doesn't magically just grow on its own. 2 Timothy 2.2 2 says this, Paul is speaking to Timothy. Paul discipled Timothy and trained him up to be a young pastor. Timothy is a church planting pastor. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others. All right, I just laid out for you. Did you hear four generations there? Paul teaching to Timothy, who's going to teach to other people, raise them up, equip them to be able to be leaders of, and, 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 and of the gospel who are going to be teaching others. We have to have systems of leadership development. This isn't just something that intrinsically and organically happens. And this is a direction the Lord is working in us and moving in us. If we are going to be advancing the gospel and influencing our communities, we got to be a hot hub of leadership development here. And it's going to take all of us working together in that. Be looking forward to trainings like this Thursday. The small group training. Theological trainings. How to, how to study and communicate the word of God. How to, how to preach and teach. We're going to be more trainings that are going to be coming up throughout the years. Look forward to those. At Grace Community Church, we're all about Jesus. About knowing him, becoming like him, and making him known. We value spiritual maturity, life worship, and intentional growth. There are many testimonies of this already at work, and I, and I wish there was time to just share them all. The kingdom of God is meant to grow. It's meant to grow in us, in you, but it's also meant to be expansive and to grow and spread across our community, our state, and around the world as it continues to be. 
May we be part of that. Amen? Let God use this space to transform our lives and to change the world. We're going to have the worship team come on forward. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your kindness. Lord Jesus, you didn't just leave us to our sin and ourselves. Hell-bent on having our own way to the point that it leads us to hell. You didn't leave us there. You pursued us. None of us would be here today without your intervention. And Lord God, thank you. Thank you not just for our salvation, but thank you for changing us. I just think of all the stories that are at present right here, right now. Of lives that have been tra- dramatically changed. Lives that have gone through incredible weather and storms and and traumas and hardships, and and they've encountered your presence. they found the God who raises the dead. Father, it's incredible to consider the the people who are in bondage, who are set free. Lord, thank you that you don't leave us where we're at. But there's more. You, you, You seek to desire to grow us, to change us, to bring us into greater degrees of freedom. Greater degrees of sharing in your joy with worship. Lord God, we, so we ask that, that, that you would meet us right now. And just consider, what's that next step? Where are you leading us now? How are you meeting us in, in, in the moment that we're in right now? And, and, and drawing us forward. Drawing us to yourself. Father, we want to be part of your mission to this world. So with the little that we have, but God, you are much. Jesus, we just ask, use us. Your servants. Lord, to see this city changed. See the world changed. As Kelly said, Papua New Guinea, Thailand, Africa, all over the world, from this little church here in Southwest Minnesota, you're changing the world. Thank you, Father. Keep us, keep us, Lord Jesus, for your glory. In your name, amen.